This is the worst. So, this has been great. So let's get back to work and do the best job that we can. Welcome to Talking Giants, another episode. Camp is in full swing, and it is a rough time to be a Giants fan because we have had the worst of luck the last few days. That's why we're coming to you on a Monday. Quick rundown, Golden Tate suspension, Corey Coleman torn ACL, and Daniel Jones is blocking on reverse plays in practice. Danny, before we get started, though, how you doing? How's your cruise going? How, how's everything? I'm doing good. I mean, yeah, I thought this was going to be a, you know, a nice relaxing time. And then Golden Tate gets suspended. Coleman tears his ACL. And I'm like, really? All this is happening now? But, I mean, it's going good. But also, if you think about it, Talk of Giants has, is right now being filmed internationally since I'm in international waters. That's crazy right there. Danny, Mr. Worldwide, or I almost called you Danny Jones. Danny, Mr. Worldwide I, King. King Danny. I, 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 we were in the taxi. I it's this driver was like, "What do you do for a living?" I was like, "Ah, oh, I, I do a Giants podcast." He's like, "What's a podcast?" So I showed him what it is, and I gave. I had a sticker on me. I'm like, "Here, listen to it in your off time." Subscribe, rate, review, buddy. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's let's get into it. Let's start with the Golden Tate, and we'll go down the list. We'll talk about TJ Jones signing and and how the Giants should go forward. Golden Tate suspended four games, PEDs. He releases a statement. I think we've all seen it by now, saying that they were taking, they were trying to take fertility drugs um, to help uh, give birth. Golden Tate self-reported himself, which makes me kind of believe him. But this happened in April, so it was after he was signed. He self-reports himself, um, and then that incarcerated Bob guy comes out and pretty much does everything but says Golden Tate's getting suspended. And then Tate comes out with a statement on Saturday. So this pits us in a rough. He, first of all. Danny, do you think there's any chance this gets overturned? See, it's such a slippery slope, this whole fertility thing. Because, like, it's not, like, it's just hard to describe. Like, he's just doing something, like, to help, like, start a family, continue to grow his family. But at the same time, I mean, he knew that he should have known better to, like, maybe somehow figure out what's in this. Because he, someone's been suspended before Robert Mathis in 2014. So, I, I, I believe Golden Tate, there was, he was not doing anything to advance his game, to enhance his game. But unfortunately, I don't see it getting reduced. If anything, it'll get reduced to two games, but no way it's fully overturned. It's either two games or it stays the full four. But as you said, the NFL has a no, to- uh, no, very little tolerance to PEDs, actually no tolerance at all, so it's probably going to stand. Yeah, I don't know whether or not to believe him. Because I, 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 I try to look at this. If I was um, a... A Packers fan. Would I look at this and believe him, or I would think he was making ex- he was just making it up? I would probably think he's making it up, but it really doesn't matter if you believe him or not because the NFL's stance on this is zero um, zero tolerance for this, and I just expect it to stick up. Like you said before, Robert Mathis uh, got uh, got he got popped for the same thing in 2014, and at the end of the day, like. The NFL has stressed, and I know they talk about this behind closed doors too. Like, do not put anything in your body without like having it like fully known what's going to happen first. I mean, it's just like I, there's really no excuse for it. I get what was going on, like if he's telling the truth, but nonetheless, like I, I just I don't know. I don't know what to believe. And you know, we I forgot to mention at the beginning of the podcast where we have an interview with John Fenley of Giants Wire. 
uh, Giant Insider and the Giants Guy podcast, he told me that uh, Tate had a child earlier this year. So it was like, man, you're, you're having that like that much of a problem getting having a child when you just had a kid. So I really I don't think I believe him, but it doesn't matter whether the NFL believes him or not, because I don't I think they have zero tolerance on this. And there's really no point of going back and forth on this because he's going to be gone. And I think we just kind of need to make our like figure out the Giants need to figure out what life will be without Tate for the first four games and, and kind of move on from this. Obviously, appeal it because you might as well. But I just don't see this getting overturned for even a second. No, yeah. Uh, it just, I won. I, I fought his kid. I didn't know they had it this year. So that to me, so was this a side effect from having the kid? Was it still in the system? Once again, we don't know. This is something that's going to, we're going to have to figure out at a later date. But it's just, the guy's been in the league for 10 years. Do you think this is something he would know by this point? If he's going to take something, he would ask, like, hey, what's in this stuff? At least that's something that Golden Tate, in my opinion, should have done. But once again, like, we can't fault him. If he's telling the truth, we can't fault him for trying to continue to grow his family because there's life after football. But, like, I, he should have known better. You're, you're right. I, I personally believe Golden Tate. He's an honest guy. I have not believe reason why he would lie about this. But it was all, and also people hating on the Giants for the signing. They didn't know this was happening. That he failed this in April, so we can't blame the Giants for it. And he has been transparent with the Giants about it. So obviously, yes, appeal it because there's always a chance the NFL will overturn a suspension. But it's just such a silly thing to get suspended for. I'm not a big fan of being suspended for something like this. I, I personally, I don't remember Robert Mathis getting suspended, but my reaction would be the same. It would be like, come on, really, you're going to suspend him for that? But you don't want to set an example saying fertility planning. It, it, you can't have exceptions to the rules, and unfortunately, this is you can't have an exception for it. And the rules are super strict. I mean, there's like energy. like They can't drink most energy drinks because of like the, some of the stuff they put in there. It's pretty crazy how strict the rules are. Um, and I guess if you want to keep steroids out, you'll have to keep the rules strict. But like you said, it's it's kind of wild that like you can just like do something like this and and you're getting popped for PEDs. So um, the fact that he self-reported himself makes me believe him. But I, I don't know. I just don't know what to believe. In. And like I said before, there's, it really I don't think it matters at all whether the NFL, the NFL could believe him 100 percent. I don't think they're reducing the suspension. Um, so before that, though. Friday. Corey Just Coleman kept getting worse. Corey, yeah, Corey Coleman tears his ACL. And, like, it was supposed to be a big year for him. And we talked about on, on Friday's show with Shep, if Shep misses game, which we're going to talk about the team, the wide receiver crew as a whole um, once we go through all these moves. But if Shep misses game, which is we don't which we don't believe, like, it's Corey Coleman needs to be really big for this team. He can't just be a deep ball guy uh, someone just relies on athleticism needs to run rounds and we all expected a whole lot out of Corey coleman this year i mean i know i did like he's got that first round talent it was just like all right let him get he needs to just get his break really um and he tears his acl and he's done you know probably his last real shot in the nfl i'm sure someone will pick him up next year but he's not going to get the opportunity that he had this year with the giants um and it sucks and it you know we added tj jones who we'll talk about but it it limits our offense. It really does. Like, he was kind of that, that guy who could take not take the top off. Well, he, yes, he can take the top off, but he could just do athletic things without having to rely on a fifth-round pick in Slayton right away. And now that 
that element of our offense is pretty much gone. Not only that, he would have, he was a huge part of our return game. So that's another option we've got to start looking for. But yeah, it's just devastating for Corey Coleman. The Giants had so much hope in him, believing that he could be a wide receiver number three. With Shepard going down, unfortunately, a door opened for him to prove himself even more. But just, he even finished a practice with a torn ACL. That's how much of a beast this guy is. But I mean, personally, I think if. The Giants really believe in Golden Tate, not Golden Tate, uh, Corey Coleman. They could bring him back next year on a cheap deal because not many teams right now are going to be looking at Corey Coleman for his ACL because they couldn't really see him. They saw a few games last year, but not enough to justify giving him a decent deal. So maybe he'll be like, I want to prove the Giants right and believe in me. So maybe he will return. But as you said, a guy with so much potential to go down in the second day of practice to a torn ACL. It's just it's just awful to hear, especially for him who needed this opportunity to show I am still a can't be a number one wide receiver in this league. And to go down like that, it's just awful. Yeah, and the thing was is yes it sucks, but it was kinda like to look on the bright side, it's like okay, he wasn't even guaranteed to start anyways. Cody Latimer, you know, was right there. It was a it was a real battle. You know, I think we both picked Coleman just because I think there's the Giants and the coaching staff wanted him to win that because he has that talent and he's younger. But it was like, okay, Shep's going to be back. We got Tate in the slot. Like, those are going to be the main two guys. Still got Ingram. Um, and then you could put Latimer on the outside and working with other guys. But like this, with this paired with Tate being gone for the four games, does make a big deal. And, and we're going to talk about TJ Jones. I keep saying that. But he is somebody I like. But Coleman had that athleticism that really nobody else on the team had, that, you know, that deep ball you know, put it on the sideline kind of guy. Now, Shep can make plays like that, but Coleman just was a little more talented, um, had more of that burner speed. Um, so it's not the biggest loss in the world, but it's definitely, like, it's an it's a it's a big loss to our team. Like, it's not, it's not you know, game-changing, ruin the season, but the first four games will be a lot more difficult now because we have Coleman and uh, Golden Tate out. That that's what made it worse. Yes, at first it was a horrible injury. You you wanted this guy to do well, and but pairing that with the Golden Tate suspension that made this injury even worse because now we're down to one. Let's just hypothetically say Sterling Shepard doesn't play week one, but everyone expects him to. He doesn't need surgery. Our wide receivers would be Cody Latimer, Benny Fowler, Darius Slayton, T.J. Jones, and that Amba Atua. Tawa guy, however you say his name. That's not the prettiest lineup, but obviously Golden Tate and uh, Sterling Shepard will probably be playing week one. But the guy just, he had something that not many players had on this team. He had, this was like a desperation. He needed this opportunity. And as I said, it's when I read that, when you texted me that news, I'm like, I was actually just like sad because I really believed in this guy and I wanted him to succeed. And now, unfortunately, he can't do that this year. Hopefully, it'll be next year. But who knows? This is a harsh league. Yeah, that's what sucks, too. Like, yes, it sucks for the Giants and us as fans. But at the end of the day, like, this is this guy's career. This was probably the best shot he was going to get besides his rookie year. And it just kind of goes down the toilet. So, you like, you feel horrible for the guy. Um, but do you have anything else on Coleman before we move on to TJ Jones? No, we got, I got nothing else to add on Coleman. But TJ Jones, after watching some things, he's intrigued me. Yeah, really. Okay, so this all happens, and we're talking about wide receivers we pick up. Um, Kelvin Benjamin was supposedly invited for a visit, and then that invite was was retracted. Uh, Michael Crabtree was a guy I was big on. 
uh, I was big on, let's go get Crabtree. Like, he can be a playmaker for us, and we could probably get him for a decent deal. Um, if you look at his numbers with Flacco compared to Lamar Jackson, I mean, they were two worlds apart. With Flacco, he was actually a, a pretty good wire receiver. He had some drops last year, um, so and that was an issue. But he was he was pretty dang good with Joe Flacco in his first time ever playing with him. And then when Lamar Jackson came in, he pretty much, like, that whole, you know, you, had a, you essentially had a running back playing quarterback, so his numbers dropped. Um, and Crabtree's kind of a guy who needs somebody to, to you know, throw accurate passes. Like, he's not going to take a screen pass and go. He's kind of a go-up-and-get-it kind of guy. And then his three years with Oakland, I watched I watched a decent amount of Raiders game. He was so important to that team. There was times where he was better than Amari Cooper. There were seasons where he was better than Amari Cooper. He had 25 touchdowns over three seasons. Um, you know, big, big plays. I mean, he was big for them. Um, and then far as character, like, I love his character. And I know people brought up the whole change snatching thing with Aqib Tlaib, but that was 100% on Aqib Tlaib. He did that twice. The NFL, if they, if they like, they just showed they weren't going to do anything about that. And what is Crabtree supposed to do? Like, just let that happen every single time they play within the division? So I really, I know, like, a lot of people disagree with me on that, and I, I get it. But, like, I, that didn't look that didn't look bad from to me at all for Michael Crabtree. Aqib Tlaib was the guy in the wrong and all of that. Obviously, when you get into a fifth side on the field, uh, there's going to be suspensions and stuff like that. But I really don't see that as Michael Crabtree's character. I mean, the guy's been in the league for a long time, never had stuff like that. Um, and, you know, Richard Sherman had his whole beef with him and all that stuff. I think Crabtree, like, off the field-wise, is a really good dude. Um, and Crabtree was the guy I wanted to go after. I'm not even saying that that's out of the picture right now, but it, it is out of the picture, actually, now I'm thinking. Um, you know, Pierre Garçon was, a, you know, a name thrown around. Terrence Williams, Mike Wallace, uh, uh, Kelvin Benjamin, unfortunately. I was, you know, people say we're too positive, Danny. I was completely ready to just rip into Calvin Benjamin if we signed him. I mean, he he's horrible, and he's just gotten worse over the years. Um, and I don't even know why I brought up all those wide receivers, because we got this guy, TJ Jones. And <laughs> I actually really like this. Like, I didn't, you know, I didn't even know who the guy was going into this. Um, and then so, I, you know, I watched uh, his film from a few games, and not just like, oh, let me look at his catches. Like, went and watched every route. Um, so here is my takeaway from TJ Jones. He's 27 years old, you know, former sixth round pick out of Notre Dame, six foot one ninety. Now his numbers don't jump off the page to, uh, to you. Uh, last year he had 19 catches for 190 yards and two touchdowns. The year before he had 30 catches for 400 yards and a touchdown. Um, but the guy, he catches the ball when he's thrown to him. He had a 73% uh, com- uh, catch per target rate, which was, would be like second on the Giants only to Rhett Ellison. So, and he runs really good routes. He's not going to burn anybody, and that is his limiting. Like, whenever he's going deep, like, they never, like, roll a safety over on top of him. He's not going to beat guys deep, but he runs really good routes. He can play on the inside and the outside. And when he runs outbreaking routes, it's really special. I mean, and then his last two games of the, of the year last year were his best games. Um, like, he's, he only had 19 catches on the season. He had nine catches in those uh, last two games with two touchdowns. Minnesota, I mean, just ran some crisp routes. They were really nice. Against Green Bay, he had an amazing touchdown catch on a on the two plays before, like three plays before on a third down. Uh, he ran, uh, I forget the name of the route. It's like it's almost like a circle, like a half circle towards the sideline. I, I don't know the name of that route, and I'm embarrassed that I don't know it. And just a, a really a low pass from Stafford, he catches that. Um, and then he has a touchdown in the back of the end zone, um, which wasn't like amazing on his part. But nonetheless, he got there and he got the touchdown. Um, and I, th- I think this is a good fit, and we're going to talk about the wide receiver crew as a whole, but what are your thoughts on, on T.J. Jones? 
I mean, he's not a world beater, so we we don't we shouldn't be expecting him to be at a an amazing impact player. We just need him to be successful for four games and be called upon when we need him. As you said, he's he's a decent route runner. He's not going to burn people anyway. So we just need him to be that guy to fill the void for Golda Tate for the first four games. I believe he can be that guy. He's a very good he's a very good option for what we got. So I'm a big fan of TJ Jones. Yeah, I do like him, and I think even when Golden Tate gets back, he's going to be a pretty big part of the offense. And and what we said out of like that third wide receiver, although he might be more in the number two role, although you have Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley, so he's not going to be like number two in targets. But we just need someone solid. We don't need some guy that's going to burn people and and go up and have you know Randy Moss touchdowns. We just need someone who's going to run solid routes and catch the ball. Um, he he had a target in twelve games last year. He caught every single target in seven of those games. Like that, you don't see that very often. That was really good to see. Um, and there was times where he did get open deep. I, I highlighted a page uh, today, uh, or a play today, where it was third and eight. They blitz seven, and they just have him wide open on a crossing route, and Stafford doesn't throw the ball to him. That would have been like a 45-yard, 50-yard catch. That was a game against the Vikings. Um, so, you know, Den- or Detroit had a lot of, like, okay guys. Um, and so when, when Tate left, TJ Jones came into the picture more, um, but I, I, Stafford never really like looked at him a whole lot. He was more looking at Kenny Galladay, um, and his tight ends. Uh, so yeah, I, I really like TJ Jones. We'll talk about how we attack these first four games, but I think he's a good piece. I think he would have been a good piece. Even if Tate doesn't get hurt, I think he would have challenged for that number three receiver spot with Latimer and Coleman. Uh, if to, even if Tate didn't go down. Um, so he's definitely going to get playing time early. But I, I really like this move. If we weren't going to go out and get a Crabtree, I think this is kind of like best case scenario. If we're not going to go out and get like a, a veteran, older, big, big name. No, yeah, TJ Jones is a fine guy, and even if, as you said, even if we didn't need him to replace Golden Tate, he could. He's a great depth piece you want to this team. While I personally wouldn't have seen him being wide receiver number three, I, I do see why you could make that argument. He w- easily would have been a great backup piece for the Giants to have. So I'm happy he's the guy we got. Obviously they brought in that Amba Tateo guy. He was a fan favorite last year, so it makes sense for the Giants to bring him back in. He made some waves during training camp. But TJ Jones is the bigger name, and he's more of the guy that'll have the bigger impact for this team. Yeah, I think Amba's more of a just a camp body. I don't see him making the team unless we have more injuries. So let's not do that. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, like in his last two games, T.J. Jones, nine catches for 82 yards and two touchdowns. Not jump out of, you know, doesn't jump off the page at you. But it's, nonetheless, it's it's pretty solid, and that's kind of what we need right now. And those first four games, Dallas will be tough, um, but they might be missing Zeke, although I'd expect him to come back for week one. But the other three games are Buffalo, the Bucks, and the Redskins. Those are three of the worst teams in the NFL. Those three games are extremely winnable. So if we come out, and I'm not even saying like we're this great team, but I wouldn't be surprised if we come out on the other end three and one, um, because it's it's just kind of a weak schedule in those first four games. Um, but th- this is how I think we should attack those first four games. I think we need to rotate guys a lot in the wide receiver. I think Sterling Shepard needs to play the same role he did last year, bouncing around from the slot on the outside. I don't think the Giants are gonna are gonna use him like as they intended to with with Tate where they were going to use him from the majority on the outside I think he's going to move around in the slot and he's going to play on the outside and that fits perfectly with TJ Jones because TJ Jones TJ Jones is actually like a poor man Sterling Shepard that's really what he is he's not he's not a burner but he runs really crisp routes 
His hands are reliable, and he could play um, in the slaughter of the outside. So I, I see T.J. Jones and Sterling Shepard working together pretty well. And then on the other end, you got uh, Cody Latimer, Russell Shepard, and uh, Benny Fowler. We'll, and we'll, I'll talk about uh, Darius Slayton in a second. Those are three guys who run pretty solid routes. None of those guys are going to blow you away. Latimer can make some pretty awesome plays, and we saw that against Dallas last year. But getting having him stay on the field and stay healthy um, is the main part for him. Fowler, uh, you know, he's like I said, he's nothing special, but he's he's reliable, and so is Russell Shepard. Russell Shepard's been in the league for a long time. Um, and then Slayton, I still think you you approach it the same way that you were, that they were going to anyways. Give him five to ten snaps a game, see what he does with them, see if he can make some plays, and then give him more and more responsibility from there on. And then when we're running two wide receiver sets, whether it's two tight ends or having a fullback in, I think you got to put either. I think you got to put Slayton in there. Just to keep the defense on, keep the defense honest, keep from the from the defense stacking uh, safeties in the box against Saquon. You have someone who could burn and go up and make plays, so you have to keep a safety back. Um, and I just think you need to be versatile and using all these guys in their best situation instead of just having all right. These are the three starters; they're going to get the majority of the reps. Shep's going to play, a, you know, 80, 80 to ninety percent of the reps um, when he comes back healthy, and then. Between the other five guys, I think you just kind of rotate them and, and put them in the best situations for them. Like, I, I, that's that's what I see being the most successful, uh, like, avenue for the Giants in those first four games. No, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the fact that obviously Sterling Shepard's gonna be playing week one, but I'm also just viewing the fact how how much are they gonna use him with this thumb thing? Are they just gonna throw him right back into the fire? And if they do, I 100% agree with you. There's gonna be a lot of rotations. Mainly, I say at wide receiver, whoever is replacing Golden Tate, it's gonna be Cody Latimer most likely getting a starter job, and him and Eli have been doing a good job in camp so far, getting that connection going. Uh, Sterling Shepard, obviously, him and Eli are gonna be good already. I I wouldn't see why he should be limited, but if the Giants just want to play it safe then they can limit him in that aspect, so don't risk anything more. And, but this Saquon I see, Barkley, I see them throwing don't... him right into the fire because, you know, that thumb injury is a freak injury, and it takes six weeks to, like, fully heal. At least that's what the Google machine says. So I, I see them throwing Shep right into the fire. No, it wouldn't surprise me if they do that, but who knows how the Giants are going to approach But Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley's role, if it wasn't going to be big already, it's going to be even bigger now. With this going down, Evan Ingram is in line for a huge season, and these four games will be huge for him because Eli's going to be looking for a, another guy to rely on next to Sterling Shepard and Saquon Barkley, and Evan Ingram's going to be that guy. He's going to have to run the seam well. He's going to have to do everything well. If Evan Ingram could stay healthy for these first four games, he's going to be in for a monster year, in my opinion, because his stats are going to be very much being going to be very high in those first four games with Tate being out. Yeah, that's an amazing point right there. It's like I didn't even mention it. We still have Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley. Those Evan Ingram has to be huge. Like you said, you you said it perfectly. Evan Ingram's stats should be amazing in those first four games. He needs to be huge for this team. He has to stay healthy. And I know they're kind of doing load management, like taking the NBA way. They did that with your real peppers. They, you know, they're doing that with Evan Ingram. So I don't know how much to read into that. But yeah, Evan Ingram's numbers should be huge at the end of the year. And at the end of the day, we still have Saquon Barkley to rely on. And I know that gets people mad about like the load management. And, like, Saquon was fourth in carries last year, and he was off, like, number one, who was Zeke, by 89 carries. And he, the four guys below him were within 10 carries. So, yeah, Saquon's going to get a lot of touches, but I don't view us, like, running him into the ground, like, 360 carries next season. I don't see that happening, especially when you're kind of versatile around, around the whole offense. 
The Giants know Saquon's limits and abilities. They know how important he is to this team. His role is going to be high even with, before the Golden Tate injury because uh, Odell is gone. This could be his offense. And now with Golden Tate gone, his role is going to increase. Evan Ingram's role is going to increase. Cody Latimer's role is going to increase. And even Darius Slayton, as you said, he's going to get thrown into the – not like like Sterling Shepard thrown into fire, but he's going to get put into some meaningful snaps in week one against Dallas because they're going to need to get everything going. And with Golden Tate being out, Darius Slayton's going to have a huge role. TJ Jones, as we said, role's going to be huge. I'm very intrigued to see how the Giants will handle this situation. And it's just and even during preseason, that week three game, it's going to be huge because who are they really going to use over Golden Tate because that's like the real game. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how much they use Tate in that, you know, that what, a rehearsal in game three. I think we play – who do we play in week three? Is it – I know we got the Bears Bengals. in week two. Bengals. The Bengals. Um, a lot of former Giants on the Bengals. Uh, so, yeah, like you said before, Evan Ingram, you got you to gotta be huge for this team. And, again, like you said, Darius Slayton, go out and prove yourself, man. If you're this playmaker, go out and do it. Um, so, like I said, I, I think – while it does suck and we kind of panicked a little bit, I do think it's like it's not as big as a deal as we're all making it out to be. Definitely sucks and it definitely puts us behind the eight ball. But at the same time, like other teams are going to have injuries too. Yes, we had ours early and quick, and and you know I'm not saying that we're not going to have any for the rest of the uh, you know training camp and preseason. But other teams are going to have injuries too. Like we're not the only team that's going to be plagued by injuries. Um, and I know ours are seem to be all at one position, and we're going to go through the injured list here in a second. But it's it's nothing really to panic about. I, I I don't I'm not panicking going into week one. Like yeah, it sucks. I know we all made our jokes, but it's it's not the worst thing in the world. Which my, my which the intro to the show literally said this is the worst. That that's just really makes it annoying. Not annoying, which makes it just very dire it, what makes it look dire it was all in one position a position that was wasn't the best in the nfl to begin with just losing two keep one huge key player that just made it look like oh boy what's gonna happen here yeah so um do you want to close the door on the receivers and we could co- go through this injured list real quick before we move on to the interview yeah let's close that door on those receivers let's focus oh we can't focus on anything positive because we got more injuries to talk about <laughs> yeah nothing really positive in this show um, even though we'll probably be can, can accused of being too positive. All right, injuries. Let's go through them quick. Mark McLaurin, who's a guy I've talked about a lot on the show, who's a money backer role, whether he was going to be playing in it this year. Um, fracturing his foot. We don't know how bad it was. It got stepped on. Um, I don't. I don't know. We don't know how bad it is. I could see him being back week three. Uh, I, I don't know. Any thoughts on that one? It just hurts because he is a real opportunity for him, and him now being out for all the training camp most likely. Will the Giants believe he's worth to have on the 53-man roster? But I think with this injury, if the Giants really believe in him, they'll put him on practice squad, and then they could call him up at any point. Right. And then Sam Beal and Darius Slayton both had like ham, like ham, hamstring issues. Nothing serious. I, I, I don't really... Those don't really set off an alarm in my head. I, I don't think too much of those. Although, Beal is somebody that has battled with injuries in the past. Slayton, I'm not sure about his injury past. But um, I, I, I'm, I don't have a, a alarm bells going off in my head. Anyways, those guys aren't supposed to start regardless. Um, and then Big George concussion. 
Wait, I, wait. I, uh, Sam Beal actually has a groin injury, not a hamstring. They messed no, that up. No, they. I thought they. I thought it was the other way around that it wasn't a groin; it was a hamstring. Oh, uh, I. I was under the impression it was, they said it was a hamstring, but it was actually a groin injury. I was under the impression that they said it was a groin injury. Oh wait, injury, hang on. It was I, a got hamstring. The, I got the. I, I got the reliable Dan D- Duggan here. It is a hamstring injury. My apologies. Whoa! I'm still behind on one something. for one, baby. There on fire, Bobby. heating up. Bobby always right, <laughs> baby. Let's go. Um. <laughs> And then just sitting here celebrating injuries. What a scumbag I am. All right, Big, <laughs> big, big George. Not a, you're not an Eagles fan. I know. I, that's a good one. Uh, big George concussion. Um, big George isn't going to play on this team this year um, unless we have some really bad injuries. Um, but the thing that sucks about this is he was one guy I was really looking forward to seeing at preseason week one, which we very well – we very – well may still see him there um we will see him in the preseason eventually but i would i would love i he was one of the guys i was looking forward to seeing week one he might be back um that's really the only like thing that bothers me about this but he he should be fine and we don't know you know they they play things safe especially this early into camp and it's not dire to get back out there on the field yeah, as you said, if we see Big Georgian at some point this season, something has gone very wrong. But yeah, or something's he, gone probably, very right, and Big George was or, just a steal of the draft. Or something went very wrong at first, but then something went very right with him playing well. But like, yeah, he's not like gonna it. play. He's not gonna. Thank you, thank you. He's not gonna play against the Jets. Bengals, meh. But I say, uh, not Bengals. Bears week two, but Bengals Patriots. We'll probably see him then. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, anything else that we need to talk about? Did we talk? Did I talk about uh, Daniel Jones run blocking? You didn't, but Daniel Jones is feeling dangerous today. Stop run blocking, Daniel Jones. And that reminds me, RG three. He he uh, messed up his thumb on a throw. Hey, defenders, stay away from the quarterback in practice. It's the easiest. Like, and this happens throughout all of football. Defenders, they want to like be credited with their fake sack. Like, just run by the guy. You don't need to touch him or put your hand on him. Guys, coaches look at film and they know you got a sack. I hate when defenders do that. That crap. And then people get mad. I like, call quarterbacks divas when they get mad. Like a, a defender, like puts their hand on them as they run by. It's like, dude, just stay away from him because he did the same thing Brady did in uh, the practice before the Jags uh, AFC Championship game a couple years ago. That. That really is one of my biggest pet peeves about people on defense is don't go near the quarterback. You're going to be credited for that sack when you watch film. It's so aggravating. I know I'm ranting about somebody that's not even on our team right now, but it's like just stay away from the freaking quarterback. Stop trying to be a hero in practice. So th- that's my rant on the Ravens, talking Ravens. Yeah, if it's Kyle Letta, all right, who cares? If that, then I'm joking, Kyle. But, yeah, don't, Daniel, be safe. Just, like, be, just don't harm yourself. Dude, and that's why people are like, he's all shucks. It's like homeboy's, homeboy's blocking in practice. In the, third, in the fourth practice, he's blocking in practice. Is that too all shucks for you, Dan Orlovsky? You bum. Uh, all right, anyways, we got an interview. Hopefully, we're going to be rolling out a bunch of interviews throughout camp. We'll probably do – my goal is to have an interview for every show that isn't a post-game show. Um, um, now, some people don't get back the quickest – but nonetheless, today we have John Fennelly. He writes for Giants Wire, uh, Giant Insider. I didn't tell him that those guys dislike me. They're going to like me eventually, I guarantee you. And I'm not even trying, but I guarantee you they're going to like me eventually. Uh, so he writes for those. He actually hosts a Giants Guys podcast, so make sure to go check that out. Um, good interview. John's been doing this for a long time. His knowledge of 
his Giants knowledge is just like through the roof. It's unbelievable. You could tell him, and I mentioned that to him. I was like, you could tell him any number, and he'll name you like every guy in the '60s who wore that number. Um, so yeah, and then go tweet at John. Be like, hey man, go follow him. Uh, you know, we'll tag him and everything, and be like, hey man, loved your loved your interview with Talking Giants. I know that seems silly, but that actually helps us um, for new kids on the block, and we're trying to. You know, it's hard to get in with these guys, but when you go and tweet at these guys, like, man, that was great. Loved your interview with those guys. That really helps us. It helps us, you know, gain relationships. And that's the means the more we can do. So without further ado, John Fennelly. Some of these guys got to get their head out of their ass around here. All right. I have the privilege of having. One of the best Giants writers in the business. He writes for Giants Wire, Giants Insider, and he hosts the Giants Guys podcast. Make sure to check it out. John Fennelly. John, how you doing? Good, Bobby. How you doing today? Great, man. Glad to have you on. I know we've, we've talked about this in the past. So camp is underway, it, underway but I, I want to you know introduce you a little bit first. Now, something that sticks out with me, I like, you know, I, I listen to almost all, all the Giants content. With you, man, your knowledge of Giants history is unbelievable. I mean, I could probably just tell you number 43, and you could name me, like, every guy that's worn the number 43 Well, we'll, start with, Spider Lockhart. we'll sp- start with Spider Lockhart in the 60s and 70s. How's that? <laughs> I, I, like I said, I knew I could call you on that, man. When, I, when I'm and listening to your Cano. show, <laughs> when I'm listening to your show, I'm like, man, this guy just has a, a memory bank like no other of, of players that have played with the Giants. Guys I've never even heard of, so... But camp has started, had yep. some a rough few days with the, the Shep, Shepherd breaking his thumb, uh, Coleman going down, Tate with the suspension. So I want to start there with Tate. I know he released this statement of what happened with it being a fertility drug. What do you think happens with that? Do you see any chance of a reduction or, no. or anything with that? No, because when it comes to uh, PEDs, the NFL has a history of just keeping it at the four games. They've been very consistent with that. Uh, he, you know, guys who have domestic violence charges against them somehow get their sentences, I call them sentences, somehow gets their suspension reduced. I don't see how those guys get their suspensions reduced. And a guy who makes a mistake, so he says, doesn't. But I don't see it happening. I think he's going to do the four games. Yeah, I do too. I mean, you know, we talk about it earlier in the show, but Robert Mathis, he got, he got, you know, caught with the same thing yeah. and, Right. They're pretty they're pretty strict with that. And I do understand that, but it is wild when you you know you talk about domestic violence guys getting less and it's just some wild stuff. But some um, things have developed just this morning. Uh, Dan Benton, who's the senior editor at Giants Wire, just shot me a, a text before saying that Tate's wife gave birth in February. So is he really taking fertility drugs? Yeah, and I, I don't know. I, what I don't the, understand how that happened. Yeah, and I don't know what the exact uh, drug was, but I remember Robert Mathis saying the same thing. And then the substance that it was was supposedly like a masking agency for, you know, to not pop up on tests. So, I, I like I, like you said, I, I don't see them dropping it down at all. But what do you think the Giants need to do with Tate out those first four games and Coleman gone? And you know, I think we all expect Shepard to be back for Week One. But like, how do you yeah. expect him to change their approach? Uh, pretty much without Sh- if Shepard is there, then he'll play his normal position. Uh, Cody Latimer is going to play. He's probably going to start. They do have Benny Fowler. A lot of people don't like Benny Fowler, but you know I watched him. 
And, uh, you know, I really like the way he runs routes. He's tough around the football. He can really fight for the ball. He's reliable. Uh, I don't know if Slayton, the rookie, will be back. But, uh, you know, if he's back, maybe he'll get some run. Um, you know, they'll, they'll try everybody. You know, they brought in some new guys. There's T.J. Jones. And I, I don't think the kid from Syracuse, uh, Ed Otawo, is, is really going to be much of a difference maker for them. Uh, he's talented. You see him in practice. He looks really, you know, he looks very fluid and, and, you know, polished. But, you know, out on the field, you know, let's see how he does. Maybe he's better. He hasn't been able to crack an NFL roster since he left the Giants. So, Yeah, I, I don't see him making it. And I think they're actually going to use that T.J. Jones kid. T.J. Jones guy more than more than most would probably expect. And now, he you can wrote, return also, T.J. Jones. So Yeah, definitely. And I, I think I, I saw a note that he was returning yesterday already. So. Yeah. We'll see how they use him. Now, you wrote about Evan Ingram and mm-hmm. playing more wide receiver. Kind of explain your, your thoughts on that. Yeah, it's just a natural progression. They have three very good blocking tight ends in Red Ellison, Scott Simonson, and the rookie out of Kentucky, C.J. Conrad, who they really, really like. So to get these three guys on the field, you know, why are you lining up uh, Ingram at tight end when he really he clearly that's not his best position. I think he's better off in the slot. I know a lot of people say he doesn't get the separation. He's not fa- at four point four eight forty. How is that not fast enough <laughs> to play receiver in this league? I think it is, and I think that he's a very good very good at getting separation. Uh, he could beat linebackers. He could definitely beat some safeties. I don't have an issue with him playing in the slot, and of course. He's a guy defenses have to account for. Somebody texted me or, or, or tweeted me before, safeties aren't afraid of him. Well, that's because he doesn't play that often. They, they haven't learned to be afraid of him yet. And the Giants haven't learned how to use him yet. When you think about it, he, they don't really have a game plan for him. He's not really incorporated into that game plan. Yeah, I think he's going to be huge. Uh, even, with, even if Tate wasn't suspended, I mean, I went and like did a split of his numbers last year, and his the last four games where Odell didn't play, his yards went up by like forty five yards per game. But you and know what on- the mystery was, Bobby? The the mystery is they don't use him until the second half. They don't get right. blood in his mouth, as they say, you know, in the first series of the game, and they they can't soften up the defense with him. They've got to start doing that with this guy. You know, they haven't he- done that in the past. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think he will stay at the tight end role. But like you said, I, I think they'll split him out more often than not. I, I don't see him, you know, going to a primarily in the slot, especially when guys right. like Shepard are, are more comfortable in the slot. But that, that actually leads me to my point. With with Tate gone and Shepard was, you know, poised to play on the outside more primarily, do you think mm-hmm. they move him in and play him like primarily from the slot in those four games? Or do you see them trying to fill that role with somebody else and, and let Shep focus on his new role? I think they probably want Shepard to play on the wing because that's where he's going to end up. But they, they will shift guys around. Latimer will definitely be outside. Uh, you can look for him to do that. And then whoever wins in camp, you know, there's a lot of competition now, so let's see who bubbles up. Uh, like I said, Fowler will get some play. Uh, Russell Shepard uh, has played very well so far, and he's a veteran. And, you know, he's, he's the kind of guy, you know, he's, he's a typical wide receiver that, isn't a star, but he's, he's also got to be on somebody's roster. He's good enough to play in this league. When you throw the ball to him, he catches it. You know, he's a reliable guy. You know, he's, he, he's going to play also. Yeah, he, he seems to get forgetting, but like you said, he's, he's extremely reliable. He's kind of 
you know, is a, a do everything right guy. I mean, he was pretty yeah. good. He was pretty good for Tampa and Carolina. He didn't get used a whole lot, but he was solid when he was called upon. When um, you it, when you listen to Tyke Tolbert, I'm sorry to interrupt you. He talks about his his group, you know, his room. He always mentions Russell Shepard, always. So you know, he's on their mind. But you know, when it comes to the game. You know, he doesn't really play that much until, like I said, after the game gets going a little bit, they'll try to sneak him in. But, you know, if he starts, you know, if you give him an opportunity, I think he could be, a, you know, a reliable target. And you're just talking about the first month of the season now. You're not talking about, you know, forever. Yeah, it's crazy. It's When, when the suspension came out, you you know, it's almost like doomsday, and then you remember. It's like it's just the, the first four ga- games of the season, and three of those are against pretty bad teams in Tampa, Washington, and Buffalo. And, and so this whole be- thing with the receivers, just to just to put an end to it right here, these guys are out there running every day. Uh, Tate is still practicing. Shepard is practicing, but just not catching a football. He's running. He's running through the motions every day. He's staying in shape. So you know, it's just a, I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Yeah, I agree. I, I expected a lot out of Tate, and I still do when he comes back. So. But, yeah, I agree that where, like, Shepard's injury sucks, but really it doesn't affect the team regular season-wise unless there was some kind of setback, which I don't think any of us see happening. No, um, I don't think so. Yeah, so let, let's move on from the receivers, though. We spent, you know, a good nine minutes on that. Who do you, who do you, who do you think is the guy that stood out in camp the most so far? Is it, you know, oh. from the quarterback room or, or somebody else? No, it's, it's definitely Lorenzo Carter. I mean, he has absolutely burst – onto the scene for the Giants. He's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, still has the speed, has a great wingspan. Uh, you, know, he's, you know, he knows how to code switch between pass and run. You know, this is something he, he couldn't do last year because they inserted him you know, in different, different parts of the game, in different uh, positions on the field. Now that he has his own position and he has a job and he's learning the job, I think he's going to really blossom into a Pro Bowl-style player. Yeah, that'd be interesting. In fact, that was one of my questions. Is, is Lorenzo Carter as good as advertised? And we, we saw him make some plays on the first day. And, yeah. uh, it, it's going to be a big season for him. And, you know, they're going to rely on him a whole lot. Who, who do you see being the key to the defense? So, like, you know, not necessarily like the leader or the quarterback of the defense, but who, if, if, if anybody, who is the guy that's going to make that defense go? Well, right? I think, Besides who, Carter, possibly. Well, we, we thought it would be Ogletree last year, and it wasn't. And, uh, you know, this, this year I think there's two guys outside of Carter that I keep my eye on. And uh, actually three guys. Dexter Lawrence, if he can be the three-down lineman that they say he can be, will, be a huge, will have a huge impact. B.J. Hill will also have a huge impact if he can improve. And he's, you know, he, he was very good as a rookie. Now he comes back. Can he elevate his game? And, of course, Jabril Peppers is the X factor. You know, the guy is such a tremendous athlete. When I talked to Imani Toomer, you know, he was a Michigan guy, and so was Peppers. And he said, this kid, there's nothing this kid can't do. Nothing. He said he could even play offense if they wanted him to. That's how good he is. Yeah, and, I mean, he did that at Michigan. He was all over the place. Yeah, I think he works perfectly with Betcher because Betcher likes to move his guys around. In fact, we've heard reports of him playing up the line. Um, and, you know, Betcher, you know, that whole money backer role, it seems like, Betcher, you know, Peppers would be the perfect fit for that. Obviously not as full-time as, like, a Dayon Buchanan did in Arizona right. to be used. They, they they brought in Boston and Cyprin for a visit last week. Why do you, like, was it, why do you, don't you think they brought some, like, 
brought that guy, one of those guys in instead of, was it money or what? Because I thought Boston would be a great fit who could, you know, play behind Bethea and then they could run them some three safety sets. I, I Well, Cyprian was coming off an injury, so we don't know how well he worked out. Uh, but Boston is still out there because I think he's asking for too much money. You know, he should be on a roster by now. I thought, yeah. he, I thought the Giants would sign him in March, to tell you the truth. Yeah, he seemed to be like the number one wish guy on like a lot of people's wish list for de- defense. You know, he's only 27 years old. His stats line yeah. up and his, his film looks good. It's kind of wild that I know he does want more money than he's getting, but it's, it's kind of wild that no team has like gave him that money, not even talking about the, just the Giants. Yeah, you know, the, uh, the safety market in, in free agency kind of like the first two days, boom. You had Landon Collins getting an extraordinarily over-the-market contract, if you ask me. Um, but Boston, I, I think he's just his agent's probably asking for too much money. He should be on a roster by now, and it's detrimental to his to his chances that he's not by now. You know, training camps have started. You really have to get going. Yeah, it's it it, it like you said, it's it's kind of wild that he hasn't been on a team. Um, maybe you know, Eric Reed was a guy who waited last year and ended up on Carolina. Maybe he's taken a similar role, but. I mean, he, you could argue that he's better than Bethea. I, I think Bethea, although 35, has the edge still. But, like, there are, the argument's, you know, out there to be made. And Well, well you know, they Bethea, still could sign him. I mean, you know, they're probably just waiting for him to cave. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Hey, ho- ho- hopefully that's what it is. Uh, I, I want to talk about that second middle linebacker spot. There's oh, Tay Davis and B.J. Goodson have to be the main two, the main two guys. Ryan Connolly, the rookie. I, I don't see him getting in there right away, but maybe towards the end of the season. Who do you think has the edge out of Davis and Goodson? Um, it's probably neck and neck right now. Goodson's on the last year of his contract. So if he doesn't, you know, perk up and play better and play better against the pass, uh, he's not going to play. I mean, Davis will win the job. But, and what I think you'll see is Conley come in in packages because he does play the pass very well. You know, he, may, he may end up winning that job at some point anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a uh, it's an interesting position. I, I like Tay Davis. I'm a little biased because you know I spent some time with him in Orlando, interviewing him. But yeah, I, it's it's interesting, you know, because they really didn't go out and get anybody. I know Mason Foster is somebody the Redskins cut, but I, I don't think he's an option. They don't I think have a lot of cap space to play around with either. So yeah, exactly. That's why you know I think if they were going to use that cap space, they'd they'd use it on somebody else. Um, so. Corey Ballantyne, he talked today for the first time, yeah. uh, and you know, you you wrote up a piece on that. I mean, what was it like listening to that guy? You know, after you know his first time talking, after his you know friend died in a shooting and he was shot as well. I mean, how you know, kind of talk us through that. Well, he's he's a he's a good kid, very well spoken. Uh, you know, he said he's going to play. You know, he's playing for two futures, his and his friend Dwayne Simmons, who was the uh, young man who was killed in that incident. And, uh, you know, he's, he's got him in his heart, and he's going to go out there, and he's going to do the best he can, and, you know, Dwayne is going to guide him, you know. Uh, yeah, he's thinking about getting a tattoo, but he's, he doesn't have any tattoos. He's thinking if he gets a tattoo, it's going to be in honor of Dwayne, but he hasn't decided on that yet. So. Yeah, man, it, it, was, it was pretty heart-wrenching listening to him. I mean, I, I, only saw, I didn't see the, hear the full audio, but I did see some of the clips that some of the beat guys wrote or put out. Yeah. Um, and that, that reminds me, another corner who we drafted, Julian Love. Mm. Now, they said they're playing him at safety. I'm more of the thought of 
play him where you expect him to play. So if he's going to play, if you want him to play safety, put him at safety full time. If you want him to play yeah. nickel, put him at nickel full time. Where where do you see him ending up? He's not a safety. Uh, yeah, he's got to play the slot corner or uh, you know nickel corner, one of the two. You know, he's a package guy, and you know they're going to be uh, probably sixty five percent in 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 five DB packages. So yeah, he, he's nickel's essentially play. the base defense now. Yeah, they don't start out that way. It all depends on who they play. I mean, you have to play the, the offense, you know, your, your opponent's offense. So if he's uh, if they have four wide receivers, you know, this guy's going to be out on the field a lot. Right. All right, John, I want to finish it up. But before, before I let you go, tell us about you, how you've gotten to where you are, where we could find your work, and, and where we could find oh. your Twitter and, and all that stuff. Well, I've been doing this since 1997. Uh, I worked in the financial industry for a good quarter of a century, and then I went back to school. I got a journalism degree, and then I started doing this. I had a couple of my own websites, Pro Football NYC, um, and then my Giants website was incorporated into Sportsnet New York, and I worked for them for 12 years. And uh, Ralph Vacchiano took that over when I, my contract ran out. Then I came over to USA Today. Um, so I've been covering the Giants basically 20-some-odd years. But I also do the NFL draft and other NFL stuff. Every once in a while I'll do baseball or something, you know, when I, when I have some free time. But uh, you can find me on Giants Wire on the USA Today uh, website. You just go to uh, GiantsWire.com. And um, you can also find me on the Giants Guys podcast with Craig Santucci. And if you're into print... The Giant Insider is still being printed. We don't have an online presence yet, but it's still the number one uh, print periodical when it comes to the Giants football. So you can look me up there. All right, John. I appreciate you coming on, and we'll, uh, we'll definitely talk again soon. Okay. Thanks, Bobby. All right. Thanks, John. All right. Thanks again, John, for coming on the show. That's all we got for today, folks. Tomorrow. Guess who our player profile preview is tomorrow, uh, Danny? We already pre-recorded this like a week ago. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, I'm going to say, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Golden Tate, baby. Player profile Uh. (laughs) preview, Golden Tate. I'm going to record like a one-minute clip. Like, listen, we did this a week ago. We didn't know he was getting suspended, Uh, which it doesn't change much. But if we were like, he's got to be big for Dallas week one, Um, that's why. (laughs) So just keep that in note, and I'll, I'll put that disclaimer in the beginning of the episode. Um, hope you guys have been enjoying it. We're going to have – so this week we'll have, you know, the Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, and Thursday, and then we'll do a regular show on Friday. Maybe on Thursday, depending on what happens. I know this schedule is a little different than usual, but we want to get in front of the mic after a, a wild weekend of news. So we appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Golden Tate and Julian Love player profile preview. Let's go Big Blue. you just heard was made using anchor ever thought about making your own podcast anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started 
It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.